Moving into our number two. What's going on? Good morning. Good afternoon. Nice to have you here. All right. So I'm efforting Juwan Taylor of the Chiefs. In the meantime, Lions fan, I was going to get into, again, how catastrophic the weekend was, check in on you, let you know my thoughts, recap what I thought happened over the weekend. However, and I'm happy to say this, you actually got some much-needed good news. I would argue much-needed incredible news. Tom Pellicero, also on this. On the X, he writes, and I quote, Lions OC Ben Johnson informed the Seahawks and commanders that he is staying in Detroit per sources. Johnson is only 37 and will be a hot head coaching candidate again next year. But first, he wants to take another shot at bringing a Lombardi trophy to Detroit. Adam Schefter on the X, quote, Ben Johnson was not the head coaching lock that people thought and is asking price spooks some teams per sources. Listen, I'm not sure exactly what it was. Was it the opportunities? Was it his asking price? Was it a matter of him having unfinished business in Detroit? A Lions fan, it doesn't matter, does it? That is a big win. That is an enormous win for the D that they get this guy for one more year. Because if you got to where you got and had that game in hand, let it get away, lost that game, nothing guaranteed, no promise you get back, and you lose him, one of the bright young offensive minds in the game, that's a real problem. You want to talk about a kick in the stick after already having the ultimate blast in the package. And it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. But now you're going to get him back for another year. That is such a big win. That is so key. Because if Dan Campbell had to go about replacing him, I'm not sure how you do that. He ultimately will have to, but not now. So Detroit, good news. That doesn't erase what happened over the weekend, but that's some good news. You needed some good news, and that is really good news. I mean, all this guy did was come up with a game plan that dominated the Niners' defense in the NFC Championship. Granted, the Niners' defense in recent weeks has not been what it had been, but still, dominated. Dominated. Yeah, no big thing. Of course the guy was going to ask for money. So I don't know what it came down to. I don't know if he over-asked. I don't know if he... Who knows? I don't know what it was. But he's 37. There's no doubt in my mind that he's not going to do anything to hurt himself in the next cycle. He will be, once again, a valued commodity. But that is such a good deal for the Lions. Massive for the Lions. If they want to make it back to the NFC Championship game, they had to have this guy. Credit to Dan Campbell for getting them this far, changing the culture, building an aggressive identity. But you know why he's so confident? Do you know why this guy, I mean, it's part of who he is, and it's in his DNA. But do you know why, I think, at least in part, Dan Campbell is as aggressive and is confident and is constantly saying, I'm going for it because I believe in my guys. I'm going to say that's at least in part and no small part in the fact that he's got Ben Johnson dialing up his plays. I think that's a lot of where that confidence comes from. 
And remember, he dialed up a pretty good fourth down play the first time Campbell went for it. Josh Reynolds just happened to drop the ball. So, Lions fan, your reaction to that? I did not think that was going to happen. I thought that he was ready. I thought that he would take one of those two jobs. But for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And that's a really good thing, Lions fan. All right, so that changes my take a little bit. Not about what happened over the weekend. But at least there's some positivity. At least something to hang your hat on going forward. Do you feel any better? How does it feel now? Does that help or not? Reaction. Hey, Rome. I graduated Duke in 90. I missed the titles that he brought to campus. What an amazing and classy Dukey. Regards, Stephen NYC. No, Grant Hill is one of the classiest human beings I know. Duke aside, sports aside, basketball aside, he is one of the classiest guys I've ever spoken to or spent any time with at all. Just a brilliant guy. He, he personifies class. The right guy at the right time for that job, too. All right, so once again, I am efforting Juwan Taylor as I do so. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-636-8686. We go to Colorado. Tobias, you are first up. Tobias, what's going on? How are you? Hey, yeah, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, and I just have a message for these Lions guys, you know, like, the Lions just weren't ready for the big leagues yet, you know, like, they belong in the XFL, something more their speed, you know, and that also applies for the Chiefs. The Panthers have a better chance of beating the Niners than the Chiefs do, all right? So, like, I'm going to just put it to you like this. The Lions have a better chance of catching the ball than the Chiefs do of winning the Super Bowl. That's all. I got you, Tobias. Thank you very much. Thank you for proving my point. Hey, Frisco fan, you see why people can't stand you? Hey, Frisco. Stay classy, Frisco fan. Hey, Frisco fan, you hear what that guy just said? Now, now, I'm not saying you're all like Tobias, but notice the very first guy through calls up and says, Hey, Lions fan. You you had no chance against us. You belong in the XFL. Stay classy, Frisco fan. They were kicking your ass for an entire half. George Kittle said it, you know, in jest, but sort of not. They had us in the first half. Notice what that guy did not say. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. Notice he didn't say, hey, Lions fan, nice job, nice effort. You gave us all we could handle. The future is bright. You know, it's our time. That's not what he said. He said, hey, hey, Lions fan, tell me how my ass tastes. Y'all belong in the XFL. You're nothing but a spring league team. You see, Frisco fan, this is why people don't like you. This is why they think you're pretentious. I'm not saying you're all like that. At all. At all. I'm saying that guy did not help the argument. No sooner than I come out and I say what I say, that guy's the first call through. No. No, Frisco fan, you're not all like that. (laughs) But that guy is. And he's not the only one. (laughs) Too much. 1-800-636-8686. Let's try somewhere here in California. 
Kumar. What's up, Kumar? Hey. How are you? Hey, Jay, I'm doing great. It's Kumar, California. He's doing a ride share right now. Um, I just want to say... You know what I want to say, Kumar? You don't like that call. I, like I want to say you don't need to tell me your name and where you're calling from because I introduced you as Kumar in California. <laughs> Why are you making this so hard? All you have to do is have a take, don't suck, not tell me how old you are, and not reset who you are and where you're calling from. Oh, and if it's not too much to ask, can you get your phone off speaker? I know you're really important. If it's not too much to ask, and by the way, it's not too much to ask. You're on a nationally syndicated radio program that also happens to be on satellite radio and on television. Pick it up, man. Pick up the receiver. Take it off speakerphone. Or if you want, you can just sit back and enjoy the show. The speakerphone is not an option, nor is resetting who you are and where you're calling from. I mean, I know it's kind of a crutch. I know that sometimes maybe you're not ready when I come to you. But listen, if you're on hold, here's my advice. If you're on hold, be ready. Stay ready. I'm coming to you in all likelihood. If you made it through the call screener and you're on hold, unless your name is Parody Larry, there's a very good chance you're getting on the air. But please, do not reset who you are and where you're calling from right after I say it. I'm just trying to streamline the process. As an example, let's go to California. Kumar, what's up? Hey, Rome, it's Kumar in California. Yeah, I know, Kumar. I said it one second ago. And even worse, even worse, he did it on a speakerphone. The only thing missing from that was, hey, Kumar in California. Good to have you. What's going on? Yeah, Rome. It's Kumar in California on a speakerphone, and I'm 34. And and my friends call me K-Dog. Then you could have got run for like five different things. All right, let's try it again. Northern California, Drew. Hey, Drew, how are you? All right, Rome. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Okay. Want to talk about Detroit game for a quick sec? Detroit's going to be there next year. I personally think that the coach made a bad error during that game. And you can't play like that in the playoffs or else you go home, which happened. Now let's talk about the Super Bowl. The Niners match up very well against the Kansas City offense. That is my opinion, and I'm out, Rome. All right, appreciate it. So they've done this before, right? They played in 2019. San Francisco got beat. San Francisco largely is similar, if you ask me, to what they were back then. Kansas City is different right now. And we'll see about that matchup. Some matchups work, some don't. I think it's a really intriguing matchup this time around. I can't wait for this game. It would have been great to see some new blood like Detroit. That would have made that whole thing so intriguing and so different and so fun. But if you want to break down the matchups themselves... I mean, what's not to like about this? San Francisco, I said this yesterday, I'll say it again right now. On paper, and of course they don't play it on paper, they play it on the grass. On paper, they're a more talented team. They are. On paper, they're a more explosive team. They're that as well. But Kansas City is not the team that we saw earlier in the year. 
Juwan Taylor is moving to the top of the hour. I'm not saying it right now, and I'd say it to him. When Kansas City lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day, and that dropped them to 4-4 four and four at home during the season, I thought to myself, man, they're done. They're not the same. They're not the same. It's not meant to be they're done. They lost 5 of 8 at that point. And then something changed. Something happened. I don't know if they... I, I don't know exactly what they did at that point. I don't know if they took a long, hard look in the mirror at that point. But something changed, and they changed. And they were a completely different team after that. And then even a completely different team once the postseason started. So yeah, on paper, San Francisco looks like they're the ones to beat. But how many times are you going to go against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? And by the way, Steve Spagnolo. That defense has never been better. That's the best defense that Mahomes has had since he's played in the NFL. They're going to be tough. They are going to be tough. And Niner fan just begrudgingly giving them respect. And Niner fan, you were in big trouble in that game. Don't act like you weren't sweating it at halftime. Come on. Not only were you in big trouble in that game, Green Bay had you beat. They you did what you had to do. Credit for that. I'm going to even argue you're better for that. Having not come back on anybody in forever, you came back on two playoff teams in back-to-back weeks. That's a really good thing. It's going to be a good thing for you because if you fall into trouble and you face adversity in the Super Bowl, you've got that to fall back on. You know you've done it. However, you were in trouble against Green Bay. They had you. You were in trouble against Detroit. They had you. Yet you're acting like, man, they're nothing couple of XFL teams that we took care of. Yeah, those XFL teams nearly had you beat. Let's try Clearwater. Mike, we're taking telephone calls right now because Juwan Taylor moved to the top of our number three. Good to have you, Mike. How are you? What's up, Jim? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm a little I'm a day late after the Detroit game, and I, they really did have them. I have some friends. I'm down here in Florida. I'm a Bucks fan, but... uh I got some friends that are, you know, big-time Lions fans, and I was pulling for them after we lost to them. But I think they're in a little more trouble than than you think. And if you look at, you know, go down the road, Green Bay is coming. They're going to be good. They got that, you know, Jordan Love is he's, he's going to be a he's going to be a player. So who knows what Minnesota is going to do? And you know, maybe the Bears get it together one day. But and there's no there's no guarantee Detroit's going to be owning that division, you know, for the next four or five years. So. You know, I don't. They really kind of blew it the other day, and I feel bad for those Detroit fans, man. All right, have a great day, bro. See you too. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, what he's saying is not wrong. This is what's so disappointing and so catastrophic about that loss. Not just that they had that loss, but that path kind of opened up for them this year. They're better. Their culture is better. Their talent is upgraded. The future is bright. I'm not saying they can't get back. I'm saying there's no guarantee that they'll get back. Dan Campbell himself. Why do you think he was so distraught? Not only for losing in that moment, but he even acknowledged in his presser afterwards, we may never get another opportunity. We might not get another shot. How many hundreds or thousands of players have said, after getting somewhere early in their career, I just assumed this is the way it would be. I would get back. I would get numerous opportunities only to find out they never got back ever again. You don't know. That's why you have to capitalize on the opportunity when you get there. 
and they'll never have a better opportunity than being in, in the NFC Championship game and crushing the one seed at halftime with domination and everything going their way, only to see the whole thing rip apart. This may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. I mean, that's true. There's no guarantee that we'll get back, and it's going to be twice as hard to get back next year than it was this year. Quote, that's just the reality. That's your head coach right there. I would argue this, though. He said that before he knew that Ben Johnson was coming back. Or maybe he did, but I doubt it. If it's going to be twice as hard to get back next year, I would argue that without Ben Johnson, it would have been five times or ten times as hard to get back. But at least you get him for one more year. At the Beer Trapper, quote, Grant Hill has been grossly misinformed about what the great equalizer is. All right. You're not the only one. Tom in Tinton Falls. At Jim Rome, at producer Tom. Golf is the great equalizer. Psst, please hold my beer. Sincerely, diarrhea. All right, I set the question up, didn't I? I said it to him as, when he said to me, I'm not good good at golf. I said, I know that golf is the great equalizer. Are you not good at it, or do you just not have time to play it? And he said, it is the great equalizer. It is. That's what makes the guy Golf is dangerous. also accepted as the great, great equalizer because you have great, legend. great, great yeah, athletes that suck at golf. And then you have other guys that don't seem all that athletic that are unbelievable at golf, meaning it's the great equalizer. It's just not the greatest equalizer. Maybe we have to do that. Maybe we have to reframe this and term diarrhea the greatest equalizer because it is that but golf is the great equalizer so going forward if it'll make you feel better clones the great equalizer is golf the greatest equalizer is diarrhea and the fact that it is the great equalizer we good van sizzle i don't understand why everybody is all over frisco fan signed smugness b.o sidewalk excrement, and paying one and a half mil for a studio apartment. Andy from Denver wore Mike in San Diego. Pass the duchy from the left-hand side. Hey, Jim, the NFL wants ratings and is looking for younger demographics to grow the revenue stream. That is why Swifty, with her fake relationship with an NFL player, will win. Strategically receive favorable calls. Mike in Temecula. War welcoming Kittle into the rat family. Hey, dude. How many terrible takes can you cram into one single email? Hey, my dude, the NFL has no problems getting ratings, my dude. No problems. They have no problems making money. They have no problems 
getting ratings. Now, are they happy that she's a part of this? Of course. She's the biggest star in the world right now. Of course. Are they fixing the playoffs in order to make sure that she is a part of this? It's a very different story. And I would say a serious allegation, but it's too ridiculous. I know you all love that. I know you all love that. Of course the NFL is thrilled that she's around. But would they be thrilled enough to go to their officials? And believe me, I am no fan of the ref show. But would the NFL want her around enough to go to the officials and say, Hey, hey, wink, wink. Make sure Casey advances. We want to make sure that Travis and Swifty Nation are all taking care of that game and beyond. How about the prop bet already? Will Kelsey propose after the game? I don't know. Are they going to win? Would he propose in defeat? She'd probably say no. Man, you got some balls proposing to me in defeat. That's an actual prop bet. I understand that you can bet on anything that moves or anything that takes a knee or anything that produces a ring. You can bet on anything, but that's an actual prop bet. In terms of the NFL wants this, quote, for ratings, let's talk about ratings for a minute. Ravens v. Chiefs. The AFC Championship game on CBS was the most watched AFC Championship game ever with more than 55 million viewers. At one point, that game peaked with 64 million viewers. And what are you going to say to me? Yeah, right. Because of her. What, are we afraid that the Super Bowl is not going to get good ratings? Are we afraid they're not going to be able to sell out advertising? I mean, come on. Mike, how many bad takes can you slam into one email? All right, when we return, Juwan Taylor, top of the hour. Open phone lines right now. I want to talk some basketball. I want to switch up. If you're on hold, stay there. But I do want to talk some NBA. When you get your biggest tax refund from Jackson Hewitt, it can lead to some pretty spirited reactions, right? They may include, but are not limited to, Jackson, hoo yeah! Or simply, hoo yeah! That's because Jackson Hewitt will get your biggest refund, and if they don't, you'll get your money back plus 100 bucks. Jackson Hewitt also has a lifetime accuracy guarantee, so you know your taxes will be done correctly. For some of the best guarantees in the tax business, hurry into Jackson, hoo yeah! Hewitt today. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Check this out. Vic and Nocow, straight take. Ben Johnson is holding out for the Bears gig that'll open up in 2025 so he can coach Caleb Williams. And maybe. Maybe. So he's not leaving Detroit either because A, he wants to stay and try and take one more shot at that Lombardi. B, his asking price was too great. Or C, maybe he doesn't like what's out there right now. Maybe he wants to wait one more year. 
Maybe he wants to wait one more year to see what else comes free and clear, and on top of that, gets another shot to win it all. And then imagine the hammer he's got. He's already got a lot of leverage. Imagine the hammer that guy would have if he can bring the lines back. And what if they do get to the Super Bowl? You think his asking price is, quote, too high right now? Wait until next year if he brings them back. The guy's only 37. You don't need to jump at the first opportunity, especially when you already have a great opportunity. The guy clearly loves his situation. Why not wait for a better opportunity? If there are two jobs left and you're looking at both those jobs, do you really want either one of those jobs? Well, if you're a young coach and it's your first time getting a chance to coach in the NFL, maybe. Or if you have supreme confidence in yourself, and he does, based on reports of his asking price. This guy's in no rush. He's 37. Has a great opportunity. A great job where he is. Why not wait and see what else opens up next year? Good point, Vic. Maybe. Let's get a phone call in. We go to Tommy in New Orleans. Hey, Tommy, what's up? James Earl Rome, como se va? What is up, my brother? What's up, dude? Hey, hey listen, uh, Niner Bag fan, check yourself, man. Check yourself. Act like you've been there before because the soon-to-be Mr. Swift is coming and he's bringing hell with it. Y'all better take it easy, man. They're coming. I'm out, Rome. Peace. Peace. Yeah, Niner fans can be catching some if they don't get over this time. They need this. They need this. And there's something about Travis Kelsey. Ever since the postseason started, he's been a totally different guy. Everybody was looking to throw dirt on him. He did not look like the same player. He looked like he was aging out, faded. I mean, I admit it. I have my own questions. And then all of a sudden, as soon as the playoffs started, this guy had this energy about him. And then all of a sudden, he starts to show up. It's almost like, I don't know if he was saving it. I don't know if he found another gear. I don't know if he leveled up. I don't know if he knew, hey, man, they need me, and they need me right now. I don't know if maybe he was just energized by the whole thing. But he's been a different dude altogether since the playoffs started. I would be very concerned about him. We've got two full weeks of this. Two full weeks of this. Let's go to the ABQ. John in Albuquerque. Hey, John, how are you? Jim Van Smack Rome. What is up, bro? What's up, dude? Hey, hey. Um, I just got two quick takes. Number one, Purdy and McCaffrey are going to be so focused on February 11th that I do believe the Niners will get the dub. The second thing, real quick, Jim, when you explained... I think it was like a month ago on your show about when you used to work at In-N-Out Burger in the box. I remember that box. There's like six dudes in there. One dude's doing the fries. The other dude's cooking the the burgers. The other dude, you know, and man, In-N-Out Burger, they are the bomb. They are the best. Uh, Not quite as good as, uh, you know, the spot that you like to go to occasionally, uh, Xavier's. (laughs) <laughs> My man, we can't really compare In-N-Out to, quote, Xavier's. In-N-Out is a fast food joint, and, quote, Xavier's is an elite Mexican restaurant. 
but I'll pass my regards along to Xavier's. Xavier, the Z-Man. I'll let him know. You mean Javier's, dude. Let me go back to Ben Johnson for a minute. I, I wonder whether or not it's asking price or not. Like, when you think commanders, you think, man, I don't know. Do you really want to go there? But then when you look at the commander's opportunity, it's better than it would seem, right? They've got the second overall pick. They have cap space. They have a new ownership group. They're hungry. They're aggressive. It's actually a pretty good opportunity. So if they want to talk to him, and in fact, they want to hire him, for him to say no to that, man, my man's playing some poker. Or he's betting on himself. Or he's betting on a better opportunity. That's not a bad opportunity at all. Or maybe he really does want to win a championship in Detroit. Maybe he loves it that much. I don't know. I've never spoken to the guy. I don't know what's in his head. But it's really interesting that they want to talk to him. And he's already made up his mind. I'm good. I'm good. I want to run this back. I wonder. I wonder if it's his asking price or I wonder if it was his call. I don't know. It'd be a good topic over conversation over some lobster enchiladas at Xavier's. <laughs> Xavier's. Yeah, and by the way, In-N-Out, that box that I talked about, it's no longer a box. When you go into an In-N-Out right now, it's a pretty big operation. The one near me is a pretty big operation. It feels like there's, I don't know, a couple of dozen employees. They're in the parking lot. They're in the back. They're walking around. When I worked there as a 16-year-old on Ventura Boulevard, it was, in fact, a box. He said there were like six dudes. There weren't. There were like four dudes and one angry female that used to scare me. She was mean, man. Don't remember her name. She got to work the grill, though. You had to be really elite. You had to be either a manager or an assistant manager to get on the grill. And she was on the grill. But that was a box. There was a whole process to that box. Otherwise, you'd all be slamming into each other. (laughs) Xavier. (laughs) Strong. All right, we'll take a short time out. I want to talk about the Lakers and villain, er, victim, at it again. How is it that the Lakers don't know by now that this is what this guy does? How is it that Dylan Brooks is still getting in their heads and under their skin? Everybody knows this guy's deal. The Lakers, more than anybody, should know this guy's deal. He has spent more time and energy being that guy to that team, yet they still get hooked. We'll hit on that when we come back. First up. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listen up, clones. Not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper is original, old-fashioned. Teriyaki, hot and spicy, and peppered all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper with your beef. All right, so today was supposed to be a big day for Ben Johnson. Today was supposed to be the day that we found out where he was going to go. 
And it was just kind of largely assumed that he was going to go somewhere. Then the story breaks that he's not going anywhere. Adam Schefter on the X post the following. Commander's officials were en route to Detroit for a meeting with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn when they got word that Johnson was staying with the Lions per sources. Let me stop right there. That reminds me of the time that we had guests en route for the famous Universal City tour stop, and we steered them away. They were also en route. Schefter goes on, quote, while the abrupt pivot by Johnson was considered, quote, surprising by several league sources. He was not considered a lock for the commander's job, despite a strong reputation as a coordinator and a loyal coach. The commander's leadership team remains eager to meet with the respected Glenn, who is one of several candidates that the team is expected to consider for its head coaching vacancy. All right, so that's pretty interesting, right? Schefter twice now has posted he was not considered a lock. Read into that what you will. Is that not the commander's? Uh, I'm just suggesting. Is that the commander's wanting you to know, wanting you to believe that he was not a lock because he just turned them down? I don't know. I mean, for instance, the commanders may have you believe. And again, I think that it's hard to overcome the logo, but I think it's a good opportunity for the reasons I mentioned. New ownership group, cap space, second pick overall. If you feel like there's a franchise quarterback in this group, and more than one, more than Caleb Williams, and there probably is, then that's a real good pick to have. However, the commanders would have you believe, according to Schefter, Johnson was not a lock. Well, who have they been waiting on? Would they also have us believe that they have been doing their due diligence this entire time and wanted to wait to talk to this guy? Because while not a lock, he's just somebody who was under consideration. Or was he the guy? Was he the guy? And did he just inform them, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't know. I don't know. This whole coaching carousel has been so interesting this time around. There are no locks. Find me one lock. What lock? The lock was Bill Belichick being in a bidding war. That didn't come to fruition. Then the lock was the hood to the Atlanta Falcons. That didn't happen. There really were no locks. The closest thing to a likelihood was Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. We heard that early on. But even that was not a lock. So now what? The lock here is that's good news for Detroit. They get this guy for at least one more year. My question is, why did he not want to go? Why did Seattle not interest him? Why did Washington not interest him? Is he waiting for a better job? Or does he really want to get that ring? Or does he know that his price is only going to go up with another great year? Because the guy obviously has confidence in himself. Now, I would also say they obviously felt strongly about this guy If they were flying to him, but the commanders would say, no, we were actually flying to him and Aaron Glenn, and we're still going to talk to Aaron Glenn. They'll spin that. They'll say that. I don't know. Maybe they were going to the D for a little R&R, a little vacation. 
Then again, if you're the commanders, they can talk all they want about Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn. Did you see the Lions defensively this year? Which coordinator would you hire if you had a head coaching opportunity? Yeah, I guess you should talk to both. Of course. But given the choice of the two, who did a better job? Who's a more attractive candidate? Who would you hire? I don't know. Probably Ben Johnson. Now, either you redirect the jet mid-flight, or you stay on course, and you go, and you talk to Aaron Glenn. Ben Johnson, though, redirected his course, apparently, because today was supposed to be the day. Stay tuned. The coaching carousel's never been better. Aaron Glenn's like, you guys still coming? Awesome. Great. I still want to talk about the Lakers and Dylan Brooks. I've got Juwan Taylor coming up. Let's go to the phones, though. <laughs> These two. Here's a beef. Dave and Tustin Ranch took a run at a number of people, including V and the Fee. V and the Fee came in and obliterated this guy. But apparently not, because this guy's back for more. It's a good jungle beef. Haven't had one in a while. This guy, again, just for the history on this, he calls in for the first time in years and years and years, gets racked, calls in a second time because it was a beef day, gets racked. I say, you know what, my dude? I don't know that anybody's ever gotten racked three times in one day. Now, in his defense, I don't think he woke up that morning and thought, I'm going to call Rome three times in one day. I'm going to be prepared to make three calls. Yet he did and got racked twice and then ran out of steam in his third call. But he's back in, and I'm guessing he wants to respond to V in the fee. Dave in Tustin Ranch. Hey, Dave, what's up? Jim, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm great. Listen, you know, talk about your Friday news dump. So I'm driving down the road Friday, and I hear this call. This, It's like a bat signal for me, you know? And the bat signal, it's like a big bottle of Pepto-Bismol, and the words coming out of it are, like, look, V, or actually I called you Victor last week, and it's, it's more like Vinny in, the, you know, Hemet adjacent by way of Lake Elsinore and Sun City. Dude, you're dragging... Tustin Ranch or Tustin Trash. Dude, that was so fresh. Like, you do realize you live in Menifee, right? I mean, <laughs> Menifee, you really think Menifee is cool? I mean, I've never heard anybody say, I'm going to Menifee on vacation. But what's so good about Menifee? It's all 55 and better communities, dude. Get out of here with your smack, bro. It's so weak. You are the jungle tryhard. I mean, they talk about He's a five-tool player. You know what, bro? You are a hundred-tool player. You, you maxed out on the number of tools you could ever have. Let's talk about lunch out here in Toast and Trash. You know, if I'm going to go out to eat, I'll take the little trip. I'll go to, well, Xavier's now. Javier's. Uh, you know what? But based on the uh, my, uh, number of cars that are sitting in the valet, probably not going to happen. So you know what I'll do? Me and my girl will go up the street a little bit. We'll go to the Quiet Woman, get a Mac, Mac 18, and wait for a, a table so we can go to the Quiet Woman. Now, let's talk about what you're going to be doing out in Menifee. I have no idea what lunch looks like for you, V, 
but I'm guessing it's going to involve a couple things. A grocery cart, a Costco cart, samples of Hot Pockets washed down with monster energy drinks and a thimble. Dude, you are so weak. And you, you talk about, oh, I, I shut the legends down. Uh, the legends, I have farty. Like, dude, would you quit making up names for people? That's so stupid. It's so lowbrow, bro. It's like I'm a legacy clone, Jim. You know? Ah. No. Dude, you're a run clone, not a legacy clone. I gave you five minutes to land a haymaker, my guy. I mean, he's just slipping punches, and he's not even here. Like gigantic uppercuts, gigantic roundhouse rights, but nothing landing. Dave and Tustin Ranch. My man, your calls are like donuts. It's like the law of diminishing returns. You have a donut. Man, that crack hits your blood system. You're like, oh, that is so good. That is so good. I've got to have another one. And then the second one is good, but it's not as good. And you're really disappointed. And now you're chasing. You're like, man, I want that feeling. I want that feeling back of that first one. I want that feeling back of that first Dave and Tustin ranch call. I'll have a third donut. But if the second one didn't feel right, you can imagine how bad the third one's going to feel. And by the third one, you're puking all over yourself. Like my dude. The law of diminishing returns. All right, when we come back, Juwan Taylor joining us. Hey, V, don't even bother. Stay tuned.